3: information.
0: Into the lane running right-hander up and in Damian Lillard with that runner. 71 points a career high.
4: Welcome in to NBA Pulse, a production of iHeartRadio and the NBA. I'm Sarah Kustak, NBA analyst of the YES Network, and today is Monday, February 27th. And from our incredible core group of NBA journalists, we are joined by NBA.com senior writer Mark Medina. And Mark, we had a fun day yesterday, Sunday a lot happened. Uh, a couple uh, historic, historic things, which we will get to out of the gates with Dame Lillard. Um, but also some really close, tightly contested games. Some good comebacks. So, first of all, thanks here for uh, for being here with us on this Monday.
5: Yeah, thanks for having me. I mean, this really illustrates what makes the NBA so amazing. I had a full Sunday to just watch hoops, right? And I was <laughs> able to watch. I was able to watch Bucks Suns. Lakers, Mavs, Warriors, Timberwolves from start to finish, and you think, okay, like I got a full slate of games, but there were so many other great games that you missed. Oh, with, just the beginning, you know, fun Lillard, time of year. With, you fun know, plays year. Well, Rockets and Clippers well, Mark, Nuggets, so a lot to That's unpack. that's
4: where we're starting <laughs> with. We're gonna start with Dame Lillard, uh historic night. He had seventy-one points. And it was a masterpiece in a 131-114 win over the Houston Rockets. Uh, as I said, 71 points. He went 22 of 38 from the field, 13 of 22 from the three-point line. Perfect from the free-throw line, uh, making 14. Put into context, uh, a night we've seen Dame have extraordinary performances, not to mention clutch performances. You think about the things he's done throughout the course of the postseason, but put into context what last night meant to who Damian Lillard is.
5: Well, it's huge because the Portland Trailblazers need every win they can get. They're one of many uh, teams in the Western Conference that are trying to claw tooth and nail to just make sure that they make the playoffs or through the playing tournament. And, you know, they've been playing without of Nurkic and Anthony Simon. So this I think really encapsulated, hey, Damian Lillard needs to exhaust everything to give the Blazers a fighting chance, and mission accomplished, 71 points, 13 threes, both franchise records. Lillard trying to get open, does, a three in his sights. Got it, Damian Lillard, catch, shoot, knocked it down. Shooting from a phone booth, doesn't matter. Pertaining to Damian Lillard's own scoring milestones, I mean, you have to consider that this isn't the first time that he's, you know, gone off. This is part of his MO, but his previous franchise mark was 61 point performances that he had done twice. So he was able to top that yesterday against the Houston Rockets and it's just really surreal. Like get used to this on one hand. This is what the modern NBA is all about. I had just witnessed the Sacramento Kings LA Clippers game that went to double overtime and that was the second highest scoring mark in NBA uh history. But I think that people have to understand this isn't just you know scoring inflation and teams not playing defense. This is also you know players that really know how to make tough shots and can really use their athleticism and take advantage of modern schemes and, and know how to read defensive, different defensive coverages. So, Damian Lillard, you know you got to mark him, but it's one thing to circle him on the scouting reports and another to stop him.
4: Yeah, it's well said. Because if you go back, if those have not watched and actually seen all the highlights of some of those uh, some of those shots and baskets, it's, it's extraordinary. Um, and you mentioned it, Portland currently eleventh in the West, but we know how tightly packed the Western Conference is. Putting it into context, as we now get to the Lakers and the Dallas game, Portland's eleventh in the West. They're two games back of six, though, just three back of fourth, but also a half game out of 10th and right behind them are the los angeles lakers uh currently 12th in the western conference just one game back of 10th um Two and a half games back of sixth place, if that tells you anything. Three and a half back of fourth. And all of a sudden, and I'm curious to ask you, do the Lakers have new playoff hopes? They got a new look. Anthony Davis uh, with game winner, big shot in a 111-108 win over the Dallas Mavericks.
0: Davis guarded by Luca, Got a size advantage. And there it is. That was an easy call. Anthony Davis with the easy tooth.
4: If won three games in a row, uh, we can't overlook two. Obviously, we're talking about Anthony Davis, LeBron James, Jared Vanderbilt, who they picked up, had an extraordinary game. He had 15 points, 17 rebounds. D'Angelo Russell did not play. What does this mean for the Lakers and the expectation you have for what they may be able to do going forward in terms of any playoff hopes?
5: Yeah, well, I don't mean to spoil the ending, but I will. I I don't see the Lakers as a championship contending team, but, you know, you have to start somewhere. Before the trade deadline, it looked very tenuous that they would even make the play-in tournament. And I think that, you know, while they have still plenty of ground to cover and a lot's going to hinge on health with Anthony Davis, LeBron James just had a right foot injury that he labored through. So we'll see how those things play out. But I think, you know, just when you're looking at the team on paper, They are the real deal to be able to make a lot of headway through the latter part of the season. You mentioned they won three straight. They've won four of their last five since the NBA's trade deadline. And so you connect the dots. It's obvious that the roster construction's a lot better, not to say that Russell Westbrook was the sole reason for the Lakers' problems this year, but frankly, he was a significant part with just the the lack of fit, the lack of you know being able to adapt to his own role, even if he accepted coming off the bench, the success that, the, that came with it, as well as the roster needs in terms of positional weaknesses. The Lakers were able to relatively improve in that area with getting Guys like D'Angelo Russell and Malik Beasley to address some of their outside shooting problems. They were able to, you know, reinforce a little bit of their defensive needs with getting someone like Jared Vanderbilt that got a lot of rebounds, played a part in, you know, limiting Luka Doncic's production in Sunday's game. Oh, Vanderbilt, great anticipation and slams it home, Jared Vanderbilt. The Lakers are going to be like all these teams that are buying. For the playing tournament, every game is gonna kind of hinge on something, but they they really have the the pathway to make ground where you know I think that they could make it as a six seed. That's the goal that Darvin Ham is laying out for the guys. Let's not just make it make it the playing tournament because you're vulnerable. To maybe injuries or an off night against a really good team on the other end of the bracket, let's make the playoffs definitively as that sixth seed. And, you know, that would obviously present another set of challenges with whoever the number three seed is, but at least you're locked into a playoff series that could, you know, theoretically go best of seven.
4: Yeah. And for those that want to be optimistic, you he, he can have a lot of confidence thinking anything could happen if you have uh, individuals like LeBron James, Anthony Davis also continue to monitor how LeBron ankle is of course you heard on the broadcast him say he heard something pop so i'm sure that made all all of lakers land uh lose their breath but hopefully things are fine on that end on the other side of things the other sideline the dallas mavericks they currently sit sixth in the western conference um they're just one game back of phoenix in fourth place but as we talked about how tightly compacted they're only a game and a half um ahead of that 10th spot that final playing playing spot in the postseason um, as you look at how the postseason may shake out Kyrie Irving Luka Doncic still trying to get used to one another Um, they Kyrie had 21 points 11 rebounds Luka had 26 points nine and five they didn't get too much contributions point-wise other than Tim Hardaway Jr. and Christian Wood coming off the bench should should the Mavs be concerned at this point, that they may not have enough runway to accomplish what they hope so with that trade?
5: I think so. I mean, look, everything's fluid, so all it takes is Luka Doncic to go off or Kyrie Irving to go off to start getting some wins. But I think just from a roster construction standpoint, I don't don't think this team is equipped to really make any headway. And I'm saying that with the understanding that for all the pluses and minuses that come with acquiring Kyrie Irving, I think that that pairing can work with Luka Doncic because they're two offensive brilliant players and I think that you know for whatever criticisms both players have um, their ability to adapt to one another I think will be fine and these early growing pains. Kyrie inside oh LeBron
0: put that on a cheap flight into the third row
5: they're going to be early growing pains. But I think it also exposes the fact that there's really not much reinforcements around them. I mean, Christian Wood has evolved and approved as a player, but the reality is they don't have a lot of defense and, you know, they partly got rid of that in the Kyrie Irving trade with, you know, trading Spencer Dinwiddie and Dorian Finney Smith, but uh they still were justified in making this deal because frankly, uh, the alternative wasn't that much better. It was Luka Doncic carrying the team, and sometimes that would lead to wins. Sometimes it wasn't enough. Um, And and so I think it's really telling that. You have a Dallas Mavericks team that was up by 24 points or 27 points against the Lakers uh, the other night. And while, you know, you give credit to the Lakers and their brilliance, uh, this is a game that you should just frankly put away. And it was very telling that Jason Kidd after the game was calling out his team uh, and, and saying that we gotta mature, we gotta grow up. And that's very telling because outside of Luka Doncic, it is a veteran-laden team. This isn't a team full of young guys. And while he didn't single out Luka specifically, Jason Kidd mentioned the need for the team not to get so rattled about the officiating and the no calls. And you know, for all of Luka Doncic's brilliance, that's something that he's known to allow him to get frustrated over. So I, I think that, you know, they, they can still salvage this in terms of being able to make the plan or make the playoff or make the playoffs itself. But I'm not really optimistic on their ceiling being much higher than even the second round, even with Kyrie and, and Luca, I think eventually gonna be able to be this very dynamic pairing. You need to have more reinforcements. And unfortunately, You know, the Mavs only have so much equity to be able to do that. So it seems like it's going to be something that they have to address in the offseason.
4: Yeah, well, it's going to be interesting to watch um, how the rest of the season finishes and one team that continues to roll, the Denver Nuggets, first in the West uh, behind the back-to-back reigning MVP, Nikola Jokic. We will discuss if he's set for his third.
0: Did you ever play the over-under game with your friends? You know.
1: For up-to-date list of states, visit dkng.co slash pick six states. Void where prohibited. See terms at picksixdraftkingscom
6: slash promos. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of
4: Welcome back to NBA Pulse. Sarah Kustak joined by Mark Medina. And Mark, we talked about it. We had some terrific games and fun things to watch last night on the NBA slate. And one of those games was the uh, first place, Denver Nuggets, as they beat the Los Angeles Clippers 134-124 behind 40.17 rebounds, 10 assists from Nikola Jokic. Uh, he's been the front runner it seems like, for quite some time now for a better part of the season as a the MVP candidate, an opportunity to do it three times in a row and that a, join a very, very elite class. Uh, do you think at this point of the season, with what is left, is the case shut? Is, is it going to be Nikola Jokic's MVP once again?
5: Well, I think from a technicality standpoint, until the end of the regular season officially ends, I don't want to say definitively the case is shut you know things can happen injuries or just amazing performances but yeah I think that Nikola Jokic has clearly been the runaway favorite I think that it's telling that from I did a as you know an mba.com mid-season media poll where I asked different media members in different markets their favorite for MVP and at that point it seemed like Luka Doncic and Nikola Jokic were in uh, a, a battle where Luca had 43% of the vote, Nikola Jokic had 40% of the vote. Fast forward to now, you know Tim Bontemps from ESPN recently had a piece out, similar, quoting different uh, voters, and Nikola Jokic was the runaway favorite, and it was very clear that this idea of voter fatigue of oh, do we want to give Nikola Jokic a, a third MVP to join? You know, Larry Bird and Wilt Chamberlain and Bill Russell, will that be a factor? It doesn't seem like that will be. And so I think when you when you look at all the variables, there is no box that Nikola Jokic hasn't hit. He's been performing at an outstanding level. He's been remarkably durable and mostly available this season. Uh, the Denver Nuggets are currently first in the Western Conference. Um, and so I don't think you. what else is there for him to show. Jokic on the steam.
0: Point.
5: that's not to diminish the other candidates and they certainly have outside chances like Luka Doncic, Jason Tatum's been playing really well but I think that there's nothing in my mind that you can point to with Nikola Jokic and say hey you know this might keep him off the MVP race where in other years I mean he obviously won the MVP race but there were some voters that would say hey well you know the Nuggets weren't Uh, one of the dominant teams in the West. They were, you know, toward the middle of the pack in the Western Conference. Um, Here, he's checking every single box. So assuming that kind of stays status quo, I would expect him to win MVP. But, you know, the old adage is you never know definitively until it actually reaches that point.
4: Without a doubt, Denver currently five and a half games ahead of Memphis, who's in second place. Uh, Last thing before we go, Mark, uh, it was announced last Tuesday by the Atlanta Hawks uh, that they were firing Nate McMillan and yesterday announced that Quinn Snyder would be the new head coach. Joe Prunty had this group uh, playing really well in the two games he served as an interim head coach. Atlanta has won two in a row, including a game winner yesterday in Atlanta against the Brooklyn Nets by Trey
5: Young. Five seconds, he comes over the He's top cool line at four. Trey, look at drive. Game time. Shoots. Hits it! Despite a rear contest from Spencer Dinwood,
4: a really nice win over Cleveland. It, it seems like there's a little bit of a spark here as, as sometimes does happen when there are changes in that position. Uh, Quinn Snyder has ties to Atlanta, obviously, a, a incredibly well-respected coach in the league and given accolades in, in the resume that he has. What do you think that, that Quinn will be able to do with this group as Atlanta currently sits eighth in the Eastern Conference uh, but just three and a half games out of that sixth base spot to get out of the, the play-in terms? tournament um, positions
5: yeah well knowing Clint Snyder well dating back to his uh, lone season as assistant coach with the Lakers under Mike Brown and then since having a pretty good uh, coaching path with then jumping to Atlanta having the run with the the Utah Jazz I think he'll make an immediate impact now uh, I think that objectively Nate McMillan got the short end of the stick because the issues that Atlanta had wasn't just the coaching it was also the players and their their lack of accountability but you know how these things work the, the coaches are always the, the first ones out the door here and I think that even though Nate McMillan is a, a widely respected NBA coach the reality is he's more seen as a defensive guru and even if you know what you're talking about if your voice isn't as effective in reaching the locker room it can only go so far and I think in Quinn Snyder's case Um, He has a lot of uh, pedigree when it comes to being very innovative with offenses. And he's also, uh, I think over the years, been really able to thread the needle of being a guy that's really good with relationships, but also being uh, a guy that takes no BS and holds players accountable. Uh, I know when he was with the Lakers, he was able to really win Kobe Bryant's as well as the other veterans' uh, respect because he was someone that came in it. Uh, with the approach of wanting to learn from them and also bounce ideas off of them, but he, they, he also showed that he knew his stuff and was prepared. I think he made the same impression with uh, you know Donovan Mitchell when they were working together with Utah, and so I think that he'll be able to strike a much stronger partnership with Trey Young because of that and that equ- equity. But at the at the end of the day, I think that what needs to be said is he is not a you know, a coach that is known of being warm and cuddly and, oh, he's he knows how to relate to young players. He is going to have that stern, old-school approach that Nate McMillan had. So it's going to be on the players, most notably with Trey Young and and being able to buy in. And I suspect that at least in initial stages, that buy-in's always there. But the question is, what about long-term? How how much will that... uh, will play out. Time will tell, but the reality is that the Hawks have now since removed any barriers of excuses. They've they've, you know, addressed the head coaching situation and now it's gonna be on the players to really execute and have that buy in to to, you know, get to the next level.
4: Uh, I know we'll be watching, and this is always a fun time of year, but this NBA season uh, has been one of the most fascinating, interesting, uh, and exciting, I think, that we've seen in quite some time. A lot of parody and a lot of things that can happen here down the stretch. So as always, Mark, we appreciate you being here and joining with us. We will have Sean Powell return on Wednesday to talk about the latest happening around the league. NBA Pulse with Sarah Kustak is a production of the NBA and iHeartRadio. Please rate, review, and subscribe on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: information.